Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Mentally Chill, Diagnoses, Neuroses, and Everything Between. Uh, truthfully, it had been so long doing this pod- from doing this podcast that I forgot what it was called, so uh, it's not a great sign, but we're starting back up and um, gonna uh, tell some stories today, talk a little bit, and become mentally chill. That's the hope and the dream. Yeah. That beautiful voice that you heard was my beautiful wife, Melanie. Hello, everyone. And she'll be joining us today, and it's just us, just a little intimate moment um, with us and you, and we're going to be talking about my transition. Um, This is something that I have not talked about um, previously on this podcast, but um, it's been a journey, I'd say, for the last six months or so, um, trying to identify with what gender um, identify with and um, how that affects me and how I show that outwardly and what it means inwardly. Um, So I guess to start out, I'll tell a little bit about figuring out I was trans and then we'll get into some stuff that Melanie can talk about a little bit more. So I have been using or had been using all pronouns because I felt like just she at one point wasn't encompassing me, but I really got excited when people use the pronoun he or him. And um, I feel like that was clearly a sign of things to come, but I didn't know it. I just felt like maybe I was non-binary and not to say that non-binary is a step to anywhere it was for me and um for many people that's where they land um but you didn't even identify as non-binary yeah I I I guess I kind of did by saying I was using they and them and Um, using both she and he pronouns, I guess it kind of defaulted me. Yeah, I guess so. But I didn't ever say, like, I'm non-binary until much later on. Yeah. Like, retroactively. Yes. Um, so I was trying to figure out, um, I was using these pronouns and you know, the the use of she and her pronouns started to really kind of grate on me. Um, they started to feel like they fit less and less, like clothes that fit too restrictively. You guys, during this pandemic, know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's tried to put on their pre-quarantine clothes knows that. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um, 
starting to fit like some pre-quarantine clothes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we get it, yeah. <laughs> we all get fat. We get it. <laughs> um, and uh, so it just started to not feel like it fit anymore. So one day I walked up to Mel and was like, can we try not using like the she and the her pronouns anymore and I kind of wanted it to be on the down low um even from our friends um just because I wanted to experiment with it without the pressure of having to go back on what I had said um because that's a scary part too is like you're not sure about it you just kind of have this feeling in your gut that that's what is right so there I was using they them and he him and I hated it I hated they them I felt like I, I felt like this is the time that really isolated how much I did not like being called they um, and in that process, I talked to my therapist. Um, I had several th sessions with my therapist um, talking about all of this. So nothing was a secret from her but um, or Melanie at any point in this process. And um, I one day was like, let's talk about gender identity. And um, this is very similar to how I came out as lesbian. And I love to tell this story because it's so, it's such a me thing. <laughs> um, when I came out as a lesbian, uh, I didn't intend to. I said to my therapist at the time, uh, I'm, a le I, I'm, a, I'm bisexual, but I don't like guys at all. And they said, so you're a lesbian. And I went, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess that makes sense. And that's exactly how I came out as trans, um, basically, where I was like, I use they, them, and I use he, him, but I really hate they, them. And I... Um, so my therapist was like, so you, you like he, him? And I was like, yeah, okay. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, so, so that makes my thoughts of like being trans a lot more clear. And um, so I, you know talked to her about it and then once the session was over I came out to Melanie and we've been kind of coming out to people ever since um so Mel can you tell me anything about well introduce yourself oh uh <laughs> so I'm going by Ezra Ezra is my name um, so if you can call me that, I appreciate it. This is Ezra. He identifies as he, him. Mm-hmm. 
Probably. That would be helpful for them to know. That would be helpful. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> or you turn it over to me and people are like, who the fuck is Mel talking to? Yeah. All right, you may ask me questions now. Um, so, I guess, were there any initial thoughts at any, or really at any point in this process, what were your lines of thinking? Were you just like, Irene, oop, dead name myself, <laughs> Ezra is just finding themselves, or, um, you know, were you like, okay, we've reached the end point now, and then there was more, or you felt kind of like it was just an iterative process or anything like that? Um, you know, I still don't think that you fully arrived, if I'm being honest. But I, I don't mean that in, like, a hateful way or a, like, a you're not, you know what I mean? Like, not in a you're not. You're hateful. Yeah. <laughs> dark-sided. You're hateful and you're dark-sided. Not in like a you're not trans way, but like a, I mean, do you think you're fully realized? Yeah. No, I don't. I think that I like, I've been telling people, you know, I'm on a journey to become a fully realized person, fully realized man. It's like, I hear the term baby gay a lot. Yeah. Yeah, baby trans. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. People are always like, oh yeah, they're just a baby gay. Like, and maybe for those of you who aren't in the LGBTQ plus community, that's like just something that people say with someone who's like just come out and it's like, oh, you're not fully there yet. You know, it's like, you're just kind of starting your journey. Yeah. And it's not an invalidate in this way that we're talking about it we don't mean it in an invalidating way at all no we mean it in a way that um at least for me I feel like I'm in my infancy as a man I still have so much to realize I'm still dead naming myself yeah <laughs> um for example and um and this has been, like, this is still very fresh. Like, this is, we are less than a month out from Ezra coming out. Yeah. So, there's still so much that um, needs to be realized to kind of get to the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step yeah. of what will eventually be a fully realized person. And, and just like, just to let yeah. everyone know, I don't think I'm a fully realized person either. <laughs> and I yeah. am confident in my gender. And she's old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I love you. 30. <laughs> 30. <laughs> 30, flirty, and thriving. Hey. 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 <laughs> Get that reference. Me and Mark Ruffalo are going to go hang out in a dollhouse. Yeah, have fun kissing Mark Ruffalo. Eat some razzles. Instead of this dude. Eat razzles. Do you have razzles? I've never had razzles. I've had, after, really after 13 going on 30, you never I've, like. I've never seen them in a store. Oh, I like sought them out. I love that movie and I was like, I must have razzles. I love that movie too. 
Razzles aren't that great, I'll be honest. <laughs> like, the height. There's a reason they were only in that movie. Yeah, there's, like, why well, you don't see, like, Razzles commercials. Like, you see M&M's commercials. Yeah. Or, like, Snickers. Or, you know, left Twix and right Twix. They're not Razzles commercials because they are unremarkable. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we digress. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I don't think... I wouldn't say you're at, like, your final evolution. Yeah. But I don't My know... My evolution. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that, like, any of us... Even, like, when you die, I don't know if you're at your final evolution. Well, I mean, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> Our cat has something to say about that. JL agrees. Yeah, I I mean I feel like the thought that you're you're always evolving or always becoming someone um, new and different, new and different is definitely something I can relate to, and I think we can all relate to. Yeah, and and really that's just what this is. This might come as a shock to some people who are listening to this podcast. But really, um, this is just a step in my evolution, and um, it's like your nine tails moment. The, I wish it was my nine tails moment. I love nine tails. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of I feel like I sort of skirted around your question. So if you want to ask me a more pointed question, where I can't skirt around, you may. You can skirt around any question. That's true. <laughs> I believe in you. It is one of my abilities and gifts. Yeah. I would say, so can you, um, and if this is too personal, you can deflect. I have no issues with deflecting. Um, so you have experience with someone you know being trans. Yes. Do you feel like that made you a little bit more prepared or anything like that? Um, I think that, so I do have, I don't know if this is too personal, well, I have a cousin who's trans, um, who is a F to M, like yourself, Ezra, mm-hmm. and... Can you define F to M? Yeah, F to M means female to male, M to F means male to female, those are kind of just some trans terms that people kind of in the biz, kind of <laughs> use. Um, Using the biz. Yeah, the biz. The old biz. <laughs> so, yeah, just, um, so I don't know. I think that in, I, I would say that, and I know you've been talking to him as well, kind of through this. I think his journey is definitely different than your journey in a lot of ways. Um but I also think that that's in part because you guys' personalities are vastly different. Where, like, and we've, we've talked about this, where you are kind of, you are male, but you are a more effeminate male. And that is part, and like a little bit more androgynous. And you embrace some feminine sides of being a man, you know? Mm-hmm. And... I don't think that was the case for my cousin, um, or where I think for him, I knew he was trans. Basically, as soon as I knew what transgender was, 
I was like, oh yeah, that's my cousin, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that's not how I felt with you. And that doesn't, I'm not saying that to invalidate your journey at all, but you know, everyone's journey is a little different. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I just felt like, I just wanted to ask how knowing someone who, was, oh, yeah. who had gone through the process uh, informed. I, yeah, I think that, um, how does it inform me? I think because, and I think being transgender means something different to, I think, every trans person, you know? And mm-hmm. being a female and being a male is not one size fits all. So I think that really it boils mm-hmm. down to are you a person who accepts trans people or not and like do you have that kind of are you do you have that openness and I hope that that is the majority of people I think it should be everyone but I so I think that like if you have that in you sorry Ezra's laughing at me because I have an itchy my lymph so we got our second vaccine this week and my lymph nodes under my pits get swollen and itchy. <laughs> so just like itch in my pits. Uh, glamorous, I know. <laughs> Is that why you're laughing at me? Just, you were just doing it in a way that was funny. Ah. Uh, you just have an excellent physical comedy. Thank you. Someday we might have cameras for a podcast. Cameras! Um, so I don't know. I think that like you're either a person who's willing to go on a journey with someone or you're not. So I think that it doesn't, I don't know, because everyone's journey is different. I don't think that there's anything that really prepares you for any one person's journey. And I think in some ways, like knowing someone who transitioned doesn't necessarily help me because your journey is not going to be the same. Yeah. I do think that I know for me as someone who is trans, mm-hmm. um, having your cousin to talk to is invaluable. He's awesome. Um, he's a really great guy. Yeah, he's a really great guy. And having him to talk to has been um, just really critical at this point because there's so much that I don't know about the process and, um, you know, I'm trying to find the right medical care and talking about changing my name and talking about all of these things. And um, without him, you know, guiding me a little bit, I think that I'd feel a lot more lost Definitely. Um, with that. So, um Knowing someone who's trans, for me, has been instrumental. Um, Not that I wouldn't have come out as trans. Right. Like, you weren't... When you came out to me as trans, you weren't like, hey, you didn't mention my cousin in your coming out speech. Yeah. (laughs) My my grand speech. Did not involve my trans cousin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But But when I was like hey, do you think I could reach out? And you said yes. It was like, this is super helpful. Yeah. I think that's just like, I think for, and, you know, not to take it away from being trans, but just, I think 
in any situation, having a community, having someone to talk to about what's going on, and definitely having someone who's a little or a lot farther ahead of you in the process, you know? Like, he's been out and trans for 10 years? That's crazy. I, I'm guesstimating, but I think close around a decade. Yeah. 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 I know he told me he started T when he, like, in 2014. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, so he's probably out. Who like, knows how long he was out before that. Um, it definitely, I mean, I, I will say that having someone in my life and in my family who has gone on this kind of a gender journey uh, previously has definitely made agenda me... A gender journey? A gender journey. I think it has made me more... Like, I understand that it is a journey. It is just that, you know? And it's it's a, it's a long journey, you know? And that it doesn't... It's not an overnight thing, for anybody where it's like, okay, like I am one day you are one person, the next day you're this person. It's like done. Perfect. I figured it out, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I, I do think that you did have the advantage of knowing what questions to ask, not to ask. Yeah. Um, and there... When I came out to people, there were varying levels of invasiveness Absolutely. to their questions. And I never faulted anyone for that um, because, to me, I, I don't blame ignorance when you haven't had any opportunity to know any better. Right. I mean, if it's true ignorance, then... I feel like education is what I do best. Right. And I think with with ignorance, you have to look at then intention. Yeah. And there, there are some things that are, you know, like perhaps not the questions that someone who's more well-informed would ask, but the intention is pure. The intention is positive. So it's like you have to kind of take kind of all that into consideration. I mean, you don't have to. And that's to say, like, if you are trans or you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, like, you don't have to give anyone the benefit of the doubt if you don't want to. Absolutely. Like, if you feel, like, slighted by someone, like, feel slighted. Don't, you don't, ha- it's not your job to educate people. Yeah. At all. Like, Ezra enjoys educating people and enjoys part of this, but in no way, shape, or form does that mean that everyone has to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a hateful bitch, personally. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't always, education's not always my thing. Like, sometimes I just prefer to, to hate people and be like, nope, done, you know? So, and that's not to say that if you don't want to educate people, you're hateful, because that's not it either. But as we say this, we're not pushing anyone to, to like, you know, we're not missionaries who are like you have to teach everyone everything like just do your thing and feel all of your feelings are valid yeah and that's you know I forget where we were no I think I think that that's a really you make a really good point is that 
you know, I, I see myself as someone who enjoys educating and who enjoys being able to have these difficult conversations. And I do, like, I know. But um, you don't, like, no one owes anyone that. And you're allowed to feel as over it as you want to. I mean, like, even at... Even, I'll say that I'm like, I love to educate people, and then I'll get dead named, and I'll be like, oh, I just like, oh, it just got under my skin, and it just like ruined my day. Yeah. You're like, you'll get dead named at a place that doesn't know that you're trans, and it still ruins your day. Yeah. And so and that's also part of being mentally ill. <laughs> woo! <laughs> and trans. Woo! woo. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like you get to like take a break from being mentally ill to be trans. Yeah. And being trans is not a mental illness. Absolutely not. And so that's something that we really want to stress. Now, in the DSM, there still is the diagnosis of gender dysphoria and if you want insurance to cover some of your uh, trans treatments that is a diagnosis that is helpful to have um and not just helpful sometimes but (laughs) mandatory um uh, although there are places like um there is a group called folks where it's F-O-L-X, and I finally said it, I'm not like folks. <laughs> yeah, I was like waiting for you to, because I've heard you say it a couple times now, and you've just made a huge deal of it every time you've said it, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, here we go. So it's waiting called folks, <laughs> and they operate outside of insurance. It's HSA and FSA eligible, um, but they operate outside of insurance, and they don't make you get that gender dysphoria diagnosis so that's something to keep in mind if um, if you don't have insurance and you're trans yes because you're definitely out there and we acknowledge you and we see you so um i i feel like i while i i tell myself i can't be mad at people who who don't know any better I still have that, those moments of just, like, when will I be man enough to not get misgendered? And I feel like, I'd like to hear what you think, but what I think about that thought is that it's a dangerous thought. Because I could be the most manly manly man out there and have a beard down to my navel Mm -hmm. and I could get misgendered and I can't let that ruin my my day or my life or or anything I guess it's like at the end of the day are you a man who has very fragile masculinity Wow. Burn. No, it's a very, it's, 
it's not that I think that there's anything wrong with femininity. Right. In fact, I am androgynous. I right. am effeminate, just like you said. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong inherently with being female or things that are feminine. Um, but do I still want to be gendered in the way that I want to be gendered? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's like... I think this it's... This big, confusing conflama of conformity. Conflama, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's particularly difficult in COVID times as well. Because there are so many people and so many... Uh, I think for, for Ezra and myself especially. And I know there are a lot of you out there who have similar situations where, like, we each see like 10 to 20 doctors, <laughs> you know? And so it's like one of those situations where you're doing a lot of stuff via phone. You avoid going places in person. And so you don't even have the chance a lot of times to be misgendered in person. It's like, <laughs> I don't, that, that came out wrong. <laughs> But it's like... I'm like, where are you going well, with this? Well, like, a lot of times on the phone, like, you've had a lot of situations in the past couple weeks where you're calling doctor's offices, and they have you down as your dead name, as your birth name, and your birth gender, and that is not who you are. And so sometimes it's, like, misgendering is not even based on appearance. Like you said, like... Like, how big does my beard have to be? How, you know, it's like, it's, sometimes it's not even based, what I was trying to get at is it's not even based on physical appearance sometimes. It's like, you know, it's like, I can only relate it to changing your name after you get married, which neither one of us did. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I hear from friends, it's a huge pain in the ass and... Going to, like, every single grocery store, every single store you've ever registered at. And it's like, oh, my God, like, my Nordstrom credit card is is my former name. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, like, is that... I'm going to just kind of call the false equivalents on that. Because... <laughs> I, it doesn't really compare. I mean, like, there are trans, parallels. <laughs> there are trans folks out yeah. there who, like, their ID. That's true. Like, to to get, like, through the airport. And I, like, I want everyone to know that I, in no way, shape, or form, yeah. think that it is, like, I totally understand. I'm not thinking that the, the uh, like, a heteronormative couple has the same you know, like, the same set of issues as yeah. a trans person. Yeah, and I, I wasn't trying to to minimize that. I know you were trying to draw, like, a parallel, but I think that that parallel might be a little overstating or understating kind of the, the importance of, like, a name with a person. Yeah. And how they're identified. And I think, like, my point I was trying to make is, like, I know how frustrating it is even for first, like, cisgender people in heteronormative relationships. Like, 
I've heard so many friends bitch about how annoying it is to have to go places and like change your name and stuff that it's like, and this is that I can only imagine the difficulty that it is for a trans individual. Mm-hmm. Cause like I, yeah, I've had many glasses of wine discussing just like, like I said, like the Nordstrom credit card situation, you know, where it's like, if that's getting people down, then being trans and being misgendered and being, you know, it's like, that's for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not to discredit, like when you get misgendered on the phone or anything like that. Yeah. And then there is the whole other, you know, um, can of worms that is being passable. And is that what you desired to be? And is that a quality that you seek out and and need? Like, do I do I need to pass a cis? Do I do I want to pass a cis? I don't I don't know. You know, and I think I think those answers will come to me with yeah. time. So I'm I not, think. But like I think for you it's it's tricky because like I think that your true self would be like an androgynous male who kind of like plays with both like feminine and masculine mm-hmm. fashions and stuff like that. But I think that like in the now you are really craving the I lost the word. <laughs> You're craving the what am I trying to say? Just moving towards the masculine. You're, you're craving oh, the validation that yeah. comes from being gendered as a male. Yeah. And I think that, like, what you would really, like, your true want would be to be kind of, like, more in that, like, gray, be a man, but be in more of that gray space, you know? Yeah. But it's, like, right now, you're really craving that, like... So I think that's what's kind of... Like my gender expression. Yeah, your gender... To be more fluid. Right. But to be... Maybe gender expression isn't the right... I don't know. I got... I I knew what you meant. But yeah, (laughs) but like I identify as a man. Right. So I think that's kind of what's tricky right now. It's like... Like we went through Ezra's closet the other day. Which is also, we share a closet, so our closet, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> My whole closet. Yeah. It's a walk in, it has a, a bowl of caviar. Oh, you've never even had caviar. No, I imagine I'd hate it. <laughs> I, someday I will feed you. I mean, I don't know if I will literally feed you caviar. Should now I? you will. Now you yeah, have to. Now I have to. Someday I will. Is it fishy? It depends on what you eat it with. I mean, it's like, it's salty. Like fishy, salty, like that kind of thing, but it's not like fish. It's I mean, I mean, all caviar is expensive, but I think you could, you could hang, you could handle it. Look at this bougie ass hoe. Nothing you didn't know. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what's kind of hard. Is like he shattered my illusion. <laughs> yeah. I did, sorry. (laughs) Is that, I think, like, what you want to be gendered, you want to be seen as male, but ultimately you want to be seen as more of this, like, fluid creature. Yeah, I want to be seen as a creature 
who's male, <laughs> but also a creature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and I think that that's what made it so hard to come out and to like, to know what I was is because it just, my definition of what, it, you know, it was like, well, why would I transition this was a thought I had you know why would I transition and then kind of come back to like the middle right but like it's the gender identity and and all of those things I mean all of those are different and it can exist on on so many different spectrums of um I don't know where I'm going with this so okay I'm gonna stop you okay we're going to do a fun little interview mm-hmm. with Ezra. Yeah! People can get to know Ezra. Okay. Okay. So, and this is just, you have to give me, like, your gut response. Okay. Ezra, what is the, okay, and just to let you know, when I say Ezra, what's the fav like, I'm talking about, like, Ezra is from coming out forward. Okay. For, for everyone and for you. Okay. Ezra, what is your favorite purchase you've made? I think my favorite purchase that I've made um, has got to be the binder that I'm wearing right now. Woo! Um, it's a little big, so I need to go down a size. But um, you guys, getting a binder is a task and a half. Oh my gosh! When you are large chested, <laughs> let me just tell you that a binder is made from Satan himself. <laughs> like this is this is Ezra's. This is his second binder. Yeah. Not this is a better fit, but not quite right. Yeah. I went from like one extreme to the other. Literally a five size difference. Also different brands though. Yeah. We can blame the brand, but it was a five <laughs> size difference. So <laughs> there were other issues. All right, at so point. your favorite purchase is your binder. Yes. Okay. So I know this, but for people listening, Ezra, what are your transition goals? My transition goals, um, like medically or both. Um, what, are, yeah, what are your medical transition goals currently? Because they could change. Yeah. So I want to be on testosterone. I want to go off king. Go off king. Yes, king. <laughs> that was my brother's reaction. <laughs> it was so cute. Um, I want to get top surgery, which is why I'm wearing a binder, which not, they're not necessarily correlated. I mean, they're correlated, but they don't necessarily have to be a one-to-one. Anyways. Um, it's just so, like I said, trans yeah. is different for every single person. Yeah. And then I, I want to get top surgery for sure. Um, and, um. And then I also think I want to get some voice training um, to, I don't really care about masculinizing my voice so much, but I have heard through Melanie's cousin that um, my voice is going to crack quite a bit um, when I am 
uh, starting testosterone and I'm going to have that for a while uh, because I'm basically going through another puberty and because I am a working professional I would like to minimize that if possible um, so finding out ways that I can minimize that um, and the cool thing is just to interject is that that's actually like a physical therapy you can get is voice therapy. Yeah. So that is a medical thing to happen. So if you have, if you do have insurance or if you don't have insurance, you can look up people who do specifically voice therapy. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah. it's not like you're not getting an opera singer in like that kind of like voice training. Yeah. It's like you're getting someone who specializes in helping someone with voice patterns and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. All right, cool, cool. Sorry I interrupted, but I, I thought that yeah, was something unique. All right, Ezra. Yeah. What are you most excited for for the future? I am excited to have top surgery. Yeah. And like I don't know if this is too too and like I don't know if this is revealing too much. But Ezra, even when Ezra was Irene, for years has wanted breast reduction surgery. Yeah. So it's kinda like that piece of the puzzle was pretty obvious to me as well. That that was something yeah. that you would immediately want. Yeah. And something so so testosterone this is what I've been told um, that testosterone can help kind of level me out, which is really exciting that that could help um, kind of level out some of my mood swings and um, kind of help bring me back to a little bit more of a baseline. I've heard that people who are going the other way, so going from male to female, um, when they start estrogen, they experience kind of like a flood of emotions, um, whereas when you start testosterone, you kind of experience this kind of like leveling out. So that's really exciting um, that that could help me from a mental health standpoint. All right, Ezra, what are you most nervous about for this journey? Um, I'm nervous about, I'm, I'm nervous about a lot of things. Um, truthfully, I think I'm most nervous about my safety. Um, Absolutely. I think that I would be, um, lying if I said that I didn't think about that, didn't think about going into... A men's room and having like men other men there who think that I'm a girl yeah and um you know so I just I, I I'm scared of getting beat up in a bathroom I as your wife am also scared of that for you but I'm also you know as you guys who've listened to previous podcasts know have kind of a paranoid personality and hypervigilant and I kind of see danger in situations that have no danger and extra danger in situations that do have danger. So yeah, I, I definitely, I see that. Uh, and I, 
that's one of my fears as well is that it's the safety component. I think that being a trans person in America or even in the world right now, you'd have to be a little delusional to not see the potential dangers, I think. And I don't want that to be the case always, but I think right now, as a society, just not, we're not as a society very accepting. And I wish that could change. Especially with having a husband who is trans. Happy. I will come in the bathroom and kick some ass. You'll come in the bathroom? <laughs> I still am the muscle of our relationship. Uh, just... for, for right now. Okay. I'm working on my muscles. Yeah. Okay. How much of those weights you got? How many pounds? Hey. Mm hmm Don't hold my my nubile. <laughs> I'm just saying. Trans body against <laughs> me. I'm just saying, uh, it's not a man or a female thing. It's that I'm stronger than you think. You're stronger than me right now. Mm -hmm. You might always be. You might not always be. Just be prepared. Oh, I'm like, I'm so prepared. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I would love for you to be stronger than me. Because then like, oh God, you could like carry the heavy suitcases. That would be awesome. Huh? You're, yeah. we're getting up. We, okay, as you're saying, we're getting off topic, but, I mean, I think, like, you being strong would be awesome. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> Do you have any more questions for me? Um, peanut gallery? I, that's all that I could, like, think of right now. Do you have any questions for me? Um, From a sexuality standpoint, we've talked about sexuality on this mm -hmm. podcast before. Um, Have I? I don't know. I don't know, actually, if I actually... I don't know. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. about anything. But, um... How has me coming out affected that or has it affected that for you at all um so for me personally before i dated ezra i dated all, and married before i dated and married ezra i dated all men and when i married ezra he was female and so when when ezra and i got together you know, gender just wasn't, since I was used to dating men, and at the time Ezra was a woman. Is that the correct way to... I would... I don't... just didn't identify as a man. Yeah, at the time, he did not identify as a man. Um, it, this is still a learning process for us as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, we're so... not experts, guys. I know we seem like it, because we have a podcast. Um, but, so, I... Gender was not the drawing factor of me and Ezra's relationship. Uh, he was not the gender I was used to dating. And, but it was, it was a person thing. And I guess that kind of puts me in the pan 
the pansexual, which is kind of like hearts, not parts, um, puts me kind of in, in that ballpark. And so when Ezra came out to me as trans, um, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I started off as a woman dating men and now I'm a woman married to a man. So I feel like it's like, okay, just kind of gone full circle. It's a, uh, you know, I think as far as like the, the sex and sexuality component, um, because Ezra is still a baby trans, I guess we're going to coin this term, um, you know, like we're still figuring out, and I say we, because I, I do think it is a, it is a we thing. We're still figuring out what Ezra likes, what he doesn't like, kind of like sexually speaking. And, you know, he still has breasts and he still has a vagina, but he identifies as a man. And so I think, is that kind of too in-depth of what you're talking about? <laughs> it was a little bit more in-depth than what I was referring <laughs> to, said, but okay. Um, so, you know, we're still kind of navigating, I think, that piece of it and kind of now you may feel like God, I'm you. sorry. You have sex. <laughs> I'm mean, sorry. I said sexuality. Oh, sexuality. <laughs> I did not have sex. Sorry, I heard different, but <laughs> always got sex on the brain. This one. But you know, like I think that if you, you know, we won't. I won't go too deep into it, but <laughs> deeper than I've already gone. But it's a, you know, it's. I think for me. I want to honor your your gender and so it's it can be tricky because I don't want to do the wrong things like I don't want to touch the wrong pieces of you you know mm -hmm. and I don't want to like uh, make you feel less dysphoric yeah dysphoric there you go yeah. By, like, acknowledging your boobs. Yeah. So, you know, I have the, the, the real privilege of being with someone, being in a committed relationship with someone who is understanding. And, you know, I even told Melanie today, you know, a lot of trans folks, they don't have the luxury of you know coming out and having a safe place to do that um and a safe person to do that with or people to do that with and um so I acknowledge that I'm really lucky and um think that you know, however challenging things may get, you know, we'll make them work. And that's what a good marriage means to me. And I'm of the mindset that I think if we all kind of opened ourselves up to it, the gender is the gender and a construct. Yeah. Well, and I think sexuality is a lot more fluid than people give it credit for. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think people get stuck in sort of the rigidness of thinking like, oh, I like this gender and this is all that I like. And I think that when you even like 
I think being a person saying, oh, I only date people with blonde hair, people with this, like a, a particular like physical feature, you know, it's like, I think you can shut yourself off to so many wonderful people and opportunities for love. And I think that if, I think we should all keep ourselves open. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's me. And so I, you know, I guess as we're lucky to have someone who feels that way, <laughs> but yeah, this is, as you can probably tell from this podcast, still new for both of us as we kind of potentially say things that are incorrect, um, you know, or yeah, I think but we're doing our best. Yeah. And our intentions we'll are pure. <laughs> yeah. So I think that is a good place to wrap it. Um for this evening we'll try to come back sooner rather than later and talk about other things and we'll keep you obviously posted on what is going on with Ezra's journey and our journey as a couple mm -hmm. next time we'll talk about Delta 8 <laughs> <laughs> we could we could talk about Delta 8 um, if you are interested in hearing more about my journey um, plug yourself, babe. I, you plug yourself. You know what I'm trying to say. I know. You're literally about to plug yourself. I know, but don't call it out like that. <laughs> um, sorry, our cauliflower is done. Um, but... Um, if you are interested in hearing more of my journey, um, and kind of more, uh, piece by piece, how, um, I've come out and all of these different things and where I've had to come out, um, you can find me on, um, YouTube at Pivy, P-I-V-Y, does it all um all separate words um and that's youtube.com uh backslash irene w makeup so yeah i had to keep that so <laughs> so i hope you guys enjoyed and we'll talk to you later love you lots and we'll talk to you later bye